Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fournier. And in this episode, I sit down with Cala Riccardi of Century 21 affiliated in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Now, Cala has been a, a Century 21 double centurion or a grand producer since 2002. In this episode, Cala shares her old school methods for creating listings along with sharing her daily method of operation, which includes the exact amount of time that she spends prospecting. She also explains why she doesn't think a team is profitable and the main money mistake most agents make. And also while having a coach for two decades has kept her reaching her goals year after year. So stay tuned to this amazing episode. You're going to get so much value out of it. Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Welcome to the Academy. Hey everybody, Rich Forney here from the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host and today I'm very excited to uh, have Cala Riccardi with us today. She's a high producing real estate agent in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Thank you for being on the podcast today. You're very welcome. Hopefully I enunciated and pronounced the words correctly. Kenosha? Good enough. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Well, the reason why we have, we're having you, we wanted you on the podcast um, is that uh, we're always looking at what's creating a peak result in someone's life, business, and health. And of course, you're producing some amazing results in the real estate business. As an individual agent, I think last year you put 130 ends uh, on your yeah. own. Uh, in our yeah. email communication, you indicated that you're slowing down at 100, 103 by yourself. I'm, yeah. Those are big numbers. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's yeah. So I mean, what makes you so special? Um, you know what? I'm a, I'm a really strong listing agent. Um, I prospect every day. I usually spend two to three hours on the phone looking for buyers and looking for sellers. And having been in the business for 37 years, I have a lot of past clients in Sphere that give me business and I don't let them forget about me by sending them mailings and reminding them. Yeah. Uh, 37 years. What do you start when you were 10? Yeah. Just uh, about. <laughs> I would never know that by the way. So thank you. Appreciate that. Um, so, you know, like in this industry of real estate, I mean, there's such a high churn, high turnover rate in the industry. You know, NARS yeah. says it's 82. Um, I think it's even higher than that because, you know, just because someone um, cancels their license, they probably emotionally checked out a year or two before they got rid of their license. So the churn's probably, you know, within the first two, three years, they're already out. So, yeah, no, absolutely. It's tough business. And so when you look at you and the magic elixir that you have hidden in a cabinet somewhere that allows you to perform at such a high level, I really want to dig deep to figure out why are you producing at such a high level? Sure. Is that it? It's just prospecting every day? Well, but you know something? I mean, it, I mean, it all starts out the night before, you know, I, um, you know, I've, you know, when I got into real estate in the real estate business in 1983, I treated it like a real you know, and I got up every morning and went to work and I started working at eight o'clock in the morning and I worked till five or six o'clock at night. And, you know, if you treat it like a real job and you actually work at it, 
you're going to make money. And I became a much more regular prospector about 20 years ago when I started coaching with Mike Theory. And so it was like every single day now I prospect and I call the expired listings. I call the for sale by owners. I call the people I, you know, and I, I'm, I follow up on people, you know, I don't let things fall in between the cracks. And I think a lot of it is, you know, you're setting goals. I mean, I have, you know, I have a set, set of goal. I want to get 10 listings in a month. And if, usually if you get your 10 listings, you get your 10 sales. But, you know, you, you need to you need to treat it like a real job and you need to work on constantly getting listings because getting listings is where you're going to make the money in the real estate business. So, you know, I agree with you completely. If you're just chasing buyers, you're driving a lot. You have 100 hours a week of drive time if you want to do, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And in your experience, what have you found? Because you are a top producing agent. Thank you. Like you are, like you're top 1% across the board. And um, in your experience, for our listeners, especially the new ones who are truly trying to figure out how to get started in this business because of the internet age, right. what is the best way to create listings? Well, I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm old school, you know, get on the phone and call people. You have to talk to people. You, you can't go on Facebook and you can't, you know, send out, um, flyers and, and send out postcards and do all that kind of stuff and expect to get business. You need to actually physically, you need to have conversations with people. You need to go out and knock on doors. You either need to get a hold of people on the phone, need to call, sorry, um, shut off my phone. Um, but you need to you need to get out and talk to people. You can't just send out you know like do, do the Facebook thing. Um, you know you have to have conversations with people, and when you have good conversations with people and they remember you, they're going to send their friends to you. And you you really if you want to make money in this business, you have to constantly be working every single day on trying to find people that want to list houses with you. And that's what done for 37 years prospected for 37 years right and do is there a do not call list in your neighborhood yeah i mean i, I try not to call the do not call list um for sure yeah. Yeah. and like what has enabled you emotionally to keep on top of this game for 20 plus years to prospect you know three four five days a week emotionally that's not easy to do no, it's really not that easy to do. But one thing that's really helpful is if you have a coach, which I have had a coach for 20 years. Because when you have a coach, you have someone that you can talk to, someone that can, you know, pick you up when you're down, someone that can, you know, help you um, figure out what you need to do to keep your business growing. And it's been a huge help for me. And the Mike Ferry organization, you know, just having it there, you know, semi, you know, usually about every three or four months I go there. And kind of like recharges my batteries and, you know, gets me all psyched up of what I'm, you know, what plans. I've been a very much of a goal or, or goal oriented people person. I mean, from, you know, paying off my house and buying new cars and buying rental properties and making my listing goal. And, you know, when you know that if you get on the phone and you call people and if I make like right now, I'm making around 30 contacts a day. I've done as many as 40 or 50 a day. I've done, there's been years when I was closing 150 deals a year and I was contacting 50 people a day, you know, four days a week, which is a lot of contacts and a lot of people. And, and a lot of dials to get to those contacts. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of dials. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. A lot of dials to get to those, uh, 
to get to those contacts. And, you know, when you have, when you set yourself up goals and then you know that by making your contacts, you're going to make your goals, you're going to make your listing goals. So it's also going to help you, you know, like I've owned um, several rental properties that are paid for. I built a new house I had planned for um, cars, country club trips, you know, all those kinds of things. And I've done a lot of great traveling because of the work that I've done. And if you, if you correlate making the contacts to building the new house, it helps a lot. It sure does, right? You got to have yeah. also why that's emotionally, you're emotionally attached to you. If you're emotionally attached to it, you're not going to do the work. Exactly. 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 And you know, when you, you know, when you are on a listing appointment, okay, if you have a two hour listing appointment, you would never think of, oh, gee, I got to check out in the, that inspection during my listing appointment, or I need to talk to that buyer during the listing appointment. And that's kind of how you have to treat that one or two hours of your prospecting time. Like nothing can interrupt you because there's no, there's no phone call. There's no nothing that's more important than you spending that hour concentrated on the time on the phone. If someone says, hey, I want to look at houses and I'm only available at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm not available. You know, or, you know, because you would, if you had another listing appointment at nine o'clock in the morning, you wouldn't tell people, oh, gee, um, I'll cancel my listing appointment so I can go out and show you this house. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of have to keep yourself a schedule. In, right. But in the mind of that agent, they're thinking, but here's a, here's the, a, 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 a rabbit in the hand, uh, you know, a bird in the hand right here, but I got nothing happening, even if I'm prospecting, but I got someone here. Yeah. How do you make that decision emotionally? Like, how, how did you make that distinction? You know something, I, um, that's a really good point. And I am super, super um, disciplined person. And when I make a commitment to do something during a certain time, that's what I do. And you don't go out and show a house, there's no guarantee you're going to get a commission check either. And if you have a buyer, and you know what I have found, because <clears throat> I have three kids, I've raised my three children, they're all in their late 20s, early 30s. So I've, you know, got married, had my kids, the daycare, the, all that kind of stuff that I went through. But you know, when my daughter had a basketball game at six o'clock at night, I had an appointment at six o'clock and every one of her basketball games, every one of her soccer games or my son's soccer games or whatever, they're all written into the calendar so that when somebody else wants me to meet with them at five o'clock at night, I'm like, no, I have another appointment. They don't need to know that it's my daughter's basketball game, but that's, so I've always set up a schedule. And so I have certain days I work and certain days I don't work. I haven't worked a Sunday in, I don't know. I mean, I shouldn't say not worked Sunday, but I mean, I've definitely written up a counter offer or talked to somebody on the phone about scheduling an appointment or something, but actually showing houses, doing an open house. I've probably in the last 30 years worked, met with clients two or three times because that's just not my day to work. And if people, the people that are the most loyal to you, the people that care about you the most are always going to rework their schedule around your schedule. In right. every time. So when you make it, so is it fair to say when you make a decision, everything seems to move around the decision that you made? Yeah, exactly. And that's what you have to do. I mean, if you, you know, if you're a, you know, if you're a job and you work from nine to five, you don't just in the middle of the day say, oh, gee, I feel like, you know, going golfing or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I definitely have days that I do that. But I mean, if I have a set day that I work, I don't just get up and leave and go do something else. That's great advice, by the way. So let me ask you a question. In this internet age between Zillow, Trula, Realtor.com, Realtor.ca, all the different websites we have for the generate leads, business, et cetera, 
are you buying leads? Are you working the leads? Are you part of that world? Or are you just? I refuse. Um, Zillow is um, really drives me crazy. They get my listings for free and they want to sell me back the buyers that call in and sellers that call in on my listings. And I refuse to do it. And they have called me countless times. I don't do it. I do not buy Zillow leads. I don't, I get, I get leads. I get leads from different places. I get people to call me just because of the volume that I do. And that's great. And I'm very, very happy to take any of the listing referrals or buyer referrals that come my way. But I, I really don't want to pay for them. I have a very profitable business because I'm not spending a ton of money on the Zillow ads and, you know, people that call me up and say, Hey, you know, you can, you can, pay $200 a month and we'll give you these leads or you'll pay $500 a month and get these leads. You know, I do, I do a couple of things where I would pay out a 25% referral when I close the deal and I don't have a problem with that. But otherwise I just, I want to, I, my goal is to make money, not to be number one. So my goal is to make the profit on the deals. And that's why I'm in a position where I can retire and I, you know, I don't need to do this anymore. And it's a great feeling. It's a wonderful feeling. Um, if you, so I want to just go here for a quick minute. 23 year old, 25 year old person, 30 year old person getting into the real estate business today. Would you give them the same advice that you followed, you know, 30 years ago to get on the phone? Absolutely. 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 There's no question about it. I mean, if they live in a climate where they can go out and knock on doors, I live in Wisconsin. I mean, knocking on doors is not, I mean, right now it's a beautiful day. It's 70 degrees out, but it's not like that in January. But I honestly, I can't recommend enough to get out and talk to people on the phone. It's free. I mean, all you're doing is using your time and you can call around listings. You can call around listings from somebody else in your office that have sold. Hey, you know, I just sold this house. at one, two, three Primrose Lane. Whenever a house sells, we usually two more sell, you know, when do you plan on moving? And if you can get a conversation going with these people, they are going to refer people or they're going to remember you. And then you can keep in touch with those people. And, you know, I just had a lady, I mean, I've had a couple, two or three listings just, well, I had 10 listings in July, but, you know, a lot of it's all people that I know, people that I've contacted. And there's people that like, I don't remember how I ever met you, but I talk to you every three months and they just call me and they list their house and they don't call anybody else. So there's not all the competition of what commission is it going to be and how long is the contract and all that jazz that you run into when they're interviewing five agents. It's kind of nice when they just call you and you go out there and list it. 100%. And just for our listeners, um, sure. in your market, I'm sure there right. are some large producers as well who are spending a lot of money on advertising and faith recognition, and you're still winning in that environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can make money in real estate. There's, I, I believe that you can either make money, you can, you can, when you're in real estate, you can get out there and spend a ton of money on advertising and marketing, or you can get out there and just work and prospect. And I've always chosen the working route and it's worked. It works very, very well. And you know, if you're, if you're brand new in the business, I mean, it's hard sometimes to call people, you know, you think your people are afraid to get on the phone, but I mean, these are strangers. Like who do you, why would you care what they think? It doesn't matter. You know, and if they are up, if the better you are on the phone, the less resistance you get from anybody else. Yeah. And it's very unusual. I get somebody that's a real jerk on the phone, but it does happen periodically. But well, it doesn't bother me. I think one thing is that you're very certain in your direction. 
Exactly. You're not going to be deterred in the direction of what you want. No, exactly. And if people are a jerk, it's just like, oh, that's next. Just move on and just pick up the phone and call the next person. Right. And it's fun. It actually is really fun sometimes when you get on, like, calling some just listed calls and you get a hold of these people and they're, it, it's fun. And then you meet people and people that know you. And I have a lot of name recognition too from, you know, 37 years in the business and people, Kala is kind of an unusual name. So people, a lot of people remember me, but you make it fun. And so your daily method of operations, you're prospecting at least two to three hours a day, um, yep. three to four days a week. Um, right. Right now, yeah, Sorry. three days a week, three days a week, and my goal is to do 100 deals. And I'm not quite on track right now. I'm at about, like I said, I'm at like 61 or 62. But I usually get other people right now because I've, I, I too, I don't work with as many, nearly as many buyers. And if I have a buyer, I typically right now am feeding them out to other people. I don't really have a buyer's agent that works for me, but I have an agent in my office that I can refer the buyers to, and she takes good care of them. And that's what I choose to do. Because when you're working three days a week, and you just don't have a lot of time to take a lot of buyers out. No. When you look at, I'm sure there was a, a moment in your career where you were making a decision whether or not you're going to start a, a, a traditional team. Right. I'm sure there was a time and where you're, you either, I'm doing this or I'm staying here, I'm doing this. Um, right. Do you mind if I asked you why you didn't choose to build out a team? Okay, so I do have a full-time admin that works for me. Okay, so I have a full-time transaction coordinator, and I try to have her handle everything from the time the listing goes under contract through closing. And I also have someone that works part-time for me that takes pictures and helps me with getting my, my market analysis prepared, that kind of thing. The reason I haven't gone with the team route is because I don't think it's profitable. Okay, there's a lot of people out there that they have, you know, they get in the real estate business, and they have 10 people working for them, and they do 100 deals. Well, you know something? They're not making any money. And if you have people working for you and you pay them, there's real estate people out there that they have buyer's agents that work for them. They give the buyer's agent 70 to 75% of the commission. Again, the listing, the, the team leader is not making any money off of those buyer's agent if they're paying out 70 or 75%. So why, why go through all that extra work and, and frustration and anxiety to not make any more money? So we are, so we're in real estate, my wife and I, and we've got a couple of yeah. buyers who work with us on our team. And I have yeah. gone through this major exercise through my coach, which is with Tony Robbins. And we've gone through what's called a decision making process, which is hours worth of work to make a true decision about where, what makes sense, probabilities, not just emotions, but real life stuff. And I looked at the team, yep. been on team, private conversations with teams throughout you know, especially in our area, because teams are a big deal right now. And I'm looking at the numbers, yep. and I can't believe I'm going to say this on air. I'm looking at the numbers, and I said, I said to my wife, here's the actual data that I'm seeing out there today versus some of the different business models out there in the marketplace today that, are, that allow you to build organizations and maybe not teams. Mm-hmm. Or being an individual agent. Well, right now, individual agent and building an organization is different than building a team. And, exactly. and, I, and I looked at the data, and the data is not supporting building a team. No. But a lot of real estate people think that, that they have a team of 10 or 15 people working for them. They are really hot stuff, and they have all this business. But the bottom line is, I am doing this to make money. I am not doing this to be number one caliber charity. I don't, I mean, I would, yeah, it's great. I've been number one agent in different years, but right now I'm not willing to 
buy my business. And that's what a lot of people that are doing a huge volume business are doing. They are buying their business by paying for Zillow and paying for their buyer's agents. And yeah, I mean, that might help them get some business, but it's costing them a fortune in the long run. Yeah, the probability, we looked at age, um, where we are in our life, and then we looked at the investment into the business for the next five years, and the return wouldn't be for probably seven plus years on the back end. And that's mm-hmm. where all your risk is. Do I assume that I'm going to make the money in seven to 10 years to get ready for retirement? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've been going on rental properties and, uh, you know, paying them off and uh, going that route and having a, that's like annuity, an annuity. Right. So, you know, this, this is a very topical conversation. So I appreciate it. Um, yeah. And it, it, whatever else someone else wants to do, when I, but when I look at the data, the data is not supporting at a certain age, at a certain age, mid forties is not the time to start a team. No, I really don't. I mean, honestly, I mean, everybody can, there are definitely ways to be, to have a profitable team. I'm not saying that there isn't a way to have a profitable team, but I just never chose to go that route. And it's a lot of headaches and you've got to manage 10, 15 people. That's a lot of people to manage and you've got the liability of them, of their actions too. Especially if it's your brand name, right? Callie Ricarda. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. yeah. And the back end that goes associated with it. I, I agree with you. And yeah. um, not that it matters what I think, but um, um, yeah. the data that I'm seeing, it's much more profitable. If you just produce at a certain level, live a little bit be- below your means and take that money and just keep investing it. Oh, absolutely. And well, you hit the nail right on the head is living, living on less money than what you make. You know what I mean? Living on a certain, you know, you live on 50 or 75% of what you make versus 150% of what you make. You're always going to come out ahead for sure. Yeah. But that's what real estate agents don't do. A lot of real estate agents don't keep track of their money. Okay. They really don't know how much money they're spending every single month on all the things. They just throw it on their credit card and they don't really sit down and look at money in, money out, what percentage of their income is expenses. And that's really important to know, you know, know where you're spending your money. Would you agree with that, Rich? So a lot of people just don't pay attention to that. Well, I think that what I've experienced so far, um, that most agents, one, so I'll get to take our market. I just know our market. So they'll, you know, so we have 25 so I'll do my local market, 50% of agents do zero deals, zero deals a year. We have right. two of the biggest teams in the country, even probably close to in the United States here in our local market. Um, okay. um, and we've already chatted about the numbers that we compete with in our market. And I'd say average resale, maybe average deals per agent is anywhere from four to six deals per year. Mind you, our resale price is a lot bigger. Um, right. You factor in the expenses, the marginal tax rates that we have here in Canada are ridiculous. Our top rate is 53.5%, right? So anything mm-hmm. over 50, you mean you're just working for free. Um, I'd say most are living hand to mouth and behind every single month. Yeah. Maybe yeah. the top 1%. Maybe top <laughs> half of 1% are actually in the black. Yeah. No, I would agree with you 110%. I think there's... I mean, there's a lot of real estate agents out there, just like dentists and doctors who don't pay their taxes and they don't pay their bills and they don't pay attention to what they're doing. And it's scary. You know, I've always been, I've been one of those people ever since the very day I got in real estate business and actually even to this day, which I really don't need to do it, but I still take 
28% of what I make and I put it into a separate account to make sure I have enough money to pay taxes. And back when I was first in the business, it was like, you know, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was like this money for taxes, this money for daycare, this money for house payment, this money for whatever. And sometimes I kept my checks for a while because I didn't want to have to do all the book work to send them all to their different places, <laughs> you know. You pretend but, you had money. Yeah, exactly. And so, it, you know, then when you live that way, you don't get this big commission check and then be like, oh, wait, I'm going on vacation and spend your money. And then all of a sudden, you don't have any money left. 100%. So, and realtors are famous for that. It's, it's sad. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. When you look out yeah. at the future direction of real estate, because you have such a big, a, a huge pedigree in this business, if you look at the future, say in the next 10 years, do you think the game will remain the same or will we have um, some more massive changes, like from the book to the internet to Zillow to what's next? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I really have no idea. I can remember back in 1980, now I'm really showing my age, but... I remember talking, having an argument with a guy. He was telling me that, you know, real estate is going to be like the Sears and Robot catalog and people are not going to be, there's no, not going to be any listing, more age, listing agents and people are just going to be going, you know, to like a catalog and buying houses and selling houses and there aren't going to be any realtors. You know, it's hard for me to visualize that even today, you know, 40 years later or whatever it is, um, that something like that would happen. You know, I don't know people would show houses without having a real estate agent with them to see the houses. I'm not sure how, you know, houses would be put on the market if you didn't have a listing agent. So I, I don't know. I, it's, it's a great, it's an, it's, it's something I've thought about and I really don't know what's going to happen down the road to the real estate business. I don't, you know, I mean, there's Zillow's made a lot of changes, you know, for people. I think Redfin has as well. I mean, I just saw the data. Yeah. Edmund the other day, they said a certain percentage, I can't remember the number, um, people were buying unseen um, through their buyer pro I buy programs. And um, it's an interesting time for sure. Maybe COVID may be expediating um, time things. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I just don't think, I mean, I don't really think a lot of, I mean, your average home buyer, your average first time buyer, I really don't think is buying houses without, I mean, I don't sell hardly any houses in my marketplace without the people looking at Yeah, and I, was trying, see, and I don't know. You haven't done, any, um, you've done you know, one, one deal. One deal, um, military coming from Turkey, buying in our local area, sight unseen, and we did it through video. That was an right. anomaly, so. Yeah. No, I have done it a couple of times, but I, it has never, I mean, a couple of times in my career. I mean, it really doesn't happen even on a yearly basis, you know, a regular basis. So it'd be, I mean, I think people, if you're, invest, if you're an investor, you might feel differently. And especially with now you can, you know, do the FaceTime videos and different things like that, that, that help a lot. But I really don't think you can get the true feel of a house without walking through it. I agree. Let me ask you a question about your, you know, when you got started in, in real estate, um, were you inspired or, you, or were you acting in desperation? Um, you know, when I got in the real estate business, um, I was managing properties. So I had a little bit of income and stuff like that coming in. And um, it's actually kind of funny because I went out and got my career job, um, graduated from college. I went to the University of Wisconsin, Madison, and then I came back. It, it was a very tough market in 81 to try to find a job. And I finally found this, this quote career job and I did it for 16 months. And I hated it. It was selling paper and I had to call on people, um, a lot of cold calling and that kind of thing. But I was more devastated when I lost that job, not because I liked the job, but because I would have to go out and look for a job. 
And my mom owned the front, the, my mom owned the Century 21 office I worked for for 34 years. She sold it three years ago. And I remember I picked up my parents from the airport coming home from the Century 21 convention in Hawaii. And my dad said to me, this is like three weeks after I got laid off. My dad's like, hey, have you ever thought about going into real estate? And I thought, wow, if I go into real estate, I'm going to have at least six months where I don't have to go out and look for a job. And if I do well, I'm really not going to have to go out and look for a job. So it's kind of funny. So in essence, I have been looking for a job every single day since then because looking for listings is like looking for a job. And I actually, when I got into the real estate business, I did work really hard because I didn't want to have to like get out of real estate and have to go look for that job. So it's kind of funny, but really I, I, I was so used to getting in the car at 7.15 in the morning and not getting home till 6.30 at night, Monday through Friday. So to get to the office by eight o'clock was like really no big deal. It was almost like, you know, sleeping in. So I was always like in there by eight o'clock in the morning. I would call for sale by owners on Sunday nights. I would call expireds. I wouldn't do it as regularly as I do now. I mean, right now it's like 8.30 to 11 or 11.30. That's just like prospecting time. Whereas before I was a little bit more helter skelter or whatever, you know, but I did, I did work you know, eight to five, five days a week, right when I first started and went out and knocked on doors and went out and my mom helped me. Um, she taught me how to do real estate and I've always been a pretty cultural person. So I actually would like, I would go in her office and say, mom, what do you think about this? And she'd say, yeah, do this, this, and this. And I'd walk out of there and think, God, that, I don't like that idea. And then I thought to myself, you know, you asked her for her advice. Why don't you take it? If her advice doesn't work, you can always fall back on your great ideas. And it worked out, you know, and the same thing goes with my coach. You know, my coach tells me to do something. I'm pretty good at, at you know, at least giving it a try because I figure why would they hurt me? And if you think about it, every professional basketball player, every football, everybody that's in any profession, profession, um, you know, sports or whatever, they all have a coach. And, you know, I mean, even professional golfers, they have a coach. They're always trying to get better. And I feel the same way. Like I can always improve, you know, like I have, I practice, you know, scripts and different things with my fairy and I role play partners. I caught you, you know, and I start with my role play partner and then I start with my prospect, do, go into my prospecting and, you know, my role play partner is like, what do you want to work on? I'm like, I can improve on everything. So what do you want to work on? You want to work on the prospecting scripts or the listing presentation or whatever? Cause you could, I always feel like I can get better. I can always improve. When you look at your absolute welcome improve, I'm slowly getting better at this. This is much more difficult than I ever would have imagined interviewing. Um, when you look at, how did you handle three kids as a producing real estate agent? You know what? Um, I, again, had scheduled. I didn't work as much then. And I, you know, back when the kids were younger, I wasn't doing, I was only probably doing about 50 deals a year. I wasn't doing 100, 150. But you know what? I, you know, like I had a schedule. So I would get up and go to work. And I had a nanny that came to the house on Mondays, uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. And then I, so Monday and Wednesday, I worked all day. I mean, there was different schedules all over the time. But, you know, Mondays and Wednesdays, I would work all day. My husband was off on Thursday. I was off on Fridays. My husband home on the weekends. And the lady that I had, she worked a half day on Tuesday. So I would just, you know, be at home in the morning and go to work at like 11 o'clock. But there again, you know, I mean, I had to schedule. So that's when I tried to work. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I took off Sundays back when the kids were little too. Uh, Fridays and Sundays were my two days off. And then I typically did do a lot of buyers on, on, on Saturdays. I took a lot of buyers out. I always was careful about making sure that, you know, they didn't have a home sale contingency or those kinds of things. I class, you know, number one, you know, A buyers is what I would call them. But I, I always worked a schedule and, it, you know, in, if I didn't have appointments, 
I found appointments. I found people to work with. And you just have to run a schedule and the business will come. I think um, what I'm taking away from you is one, you have to be, I think you are passionate about what you, you do because you couldn't do it at the level that you're doing for a period of time. I think you are driven by results, which is super, yeah. right? Um, secondly, you're yeah. very consistent in your daily method of operation, right? You're very disciplined. And the yeah. ability to give yourself a command and follow through. And um, that's a very rare quality. And that is a defining quality that I've seen uh, among all the top producers. Yeah. 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 I, I really enjoy what I do. And I think I'm very, very good at what I do. I think that I have a lot of great advice to give people. You know, I help people make great decisions um, in the process. And I mean, even now when people come to me and they're like, well, I need to find a house before I can sell my house. And it's like, no, you can't. You can't in this market that we have right now. And, you know, like yesterday, I had three houses I put under contract. One had five offers, one had three offers, and the other one only had two. But there's no way that they're going to take an offer with, I have to sell my house someday. And you, you just have to get people to understand. And one of them is they, <clears throat> one of those offers that the people don't have a house to, to move to, and I'll find them something. And that's just... You have to tell people that you have to set them up for those kinds of things. You know, you have to let them know that's the way you buy a house. You can't do a home sale contingency. You waste a lot of time, you know, going out and showing people, showing people houses. They write an offer, they lose it. You show them more houses, they write a house and they lose it. You, you've wasted an incredible amount of time for the buyer and for you as a real estate agent and you've got nowhere. But if you were to just talk to them from the very upfront and said, this is the way to do it and they'll listen to you and everybody will be happy. And if they don't listen to you, it's okay to let them go. Absolutely. If, because if you have other business, you don't have to tolerate. If you're generating, you don't have to tolerate. And I think this is the challenge that I see out there today. People spend so little time generating that when they have someone, they yes. squeeze it so tight that they're afraid to let it go. Exactly. And you know the other thing too, Rich, I mean, you're, you're – I probably – I don't know how many deals I had fall through last year, but I usually get a couple a year that fall through for some, some reason or another. You can do all the check you can on financing, but if people, somebody dies or they lose their job, I mean, the deal's going to fall through. There's nothing you can do. But there's another thing where if you are working and you are generating and you have other deals in the hopper and you have a deal fall through, you're not crying about it for three days because you have other deals. And that's the other thing too that a lot of realtors have a huge problem with. They've spent their commission check before they've got it. And then when the deal falls through, they are in a world of hurt. And let me tell you, I did spend a commission check back in 1983 before I got it and I've never done it since. You know, and you just need to have you know, even if you have five or six deals in the hopper at, this, at a, you know, pending, waiting for closing, you just are, your whole mindset is so much better because you're not working from a point of desperation. And I think a lot of people, when you're working from desperation, those sellers know it. They know that you're trying to put that deal together because you're desperate to put the deal together, not because it's to their best interest. And that's the other thing I've been very fortunate about too, is that I am looking out for their best interest. And when the deals fall through, it's more, you know, I hurt my seller than poor Cal is not going to get a commission check. 100%. And when you're, it, it, but then it goes back. The more people you're working with, right. the easier it is to do what's in their best interest because you're not stressed out about money all the time. Exactly. 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 It is actually a quite easy business when you just prospect and you get listing appointments. And that's, you know, I have a goal to get, 
you know, my goal is to get three listing appointments a week and I would love to have two every single day. That would be like utopia. But, um, you know, if you're out there really working to find those appointments all the time, they're out there. And, you know, if you get good on the phone, you'll get those expired. You'll get those for sale by owners. And if you may not get them, maybe they'll refer you to somebody else, you know. Here in Canada, we don't have FISBOs and we don't have expires. Really? Okay. Legal. But you can call neighborhoods, can't you? Pardon me? You can call around a neighborhood once you've sold a house or listed a house, can't you? You can, but the do not call list and the can spam act here in Canada is intensely intense. So um, you can yeah. accept the um, expireds legally. You're not supposed to call them. People do. But yeah. you do have to be careful. Um, and the um, FISBOs have really turned into um, discount brokerages. There's yeah. only one out there today that I know that started out east. Um, they are still a legitimate FISBO company. But mm -hmm. any of the traditional FISBOs have turned into brokerages. And then, of course, we have rules about solicitation on brokerages. So huh. it's... Um, it, How somebody else is listing? It is First. such a traditional business now in regards to generate a lead, figure out how to generate a lead, then communicate with that lead. Um, and uh, on the FISBO side, the call side, it, it's a definitely a different business model here. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely a challenge to get phone numbers. There's no question about it. I mean, it's, you know, people don't answer their phone as frequently as they used to, you know, so that's a hard, you know, thing. But, you know, you can look for all the challenges or you can look for the opportunities and You're it's right. your choice. You're lovely, lovely. I'd love to get you back. I mean, come work with us. Listen, I really appreciate it. You're an extremely busy person. I appreciate you getting on the phone with us and, and having a conversation because the, what, you're, what you're speaking to today is absolute core truth. And in spite of how you generate your business, lead gen capture pages, pages um, the only way to survive and thrive is to communicate with people on a consistently consistent basis. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't agree with you more. And if I can help other people, I really am happy to do that. So if people have questions, they can always reach out to me. I will make sure we have all your contact information here. Thank you so much for spending time You're with welcome. us today. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Rich. Take care. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com call. We'll chat soon.